your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by James Boyman and Ryan Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. James here, joined as always by Ryan for an impromptu emergency pod as Carlo Ancelotti has left Everton and returned to Real Madrid. This was a news story that happened over the course of just a few hours today. And it, it was a bit of a, a bit of a farce, Ryan, I think in some ways, because just to go through the timeline of events, because it was a bit of a whiplash inducing series of them. On May 18th, Carlo said the following when asked about being linked to Real Madrid. He said, this is good publicity for me to be linked with Real Madrid, but it is not true. I am really happy to stay here. We have difficulties, of course, but I feel good at Everton, and my target is to make Everton better and better every year. Then, at least for the next couple of weeks, <laughs> at least for <laughs> at that point, it seemed like that was his intent. However, yeah, yeah. I mean, you heard some scuttlebutt about Zidane possibly leaving, but you're like, eh, whatever. Didn't think anything of it. Right. And then, of course, Zidane decides to leave Real Madrid on May 26th, just a few days later. And then the rumors start flying. Well, who is going to replace Zinedine Zidane at Madrid? And then, oh, it would have been late last night, stateside, Fabrizio Romano comes out with the news that Real Madrid are in talks with Carlo Ancelotti in order to appoint him as new manager. No agreement signed yet as he's under contract with EFC, but Real are pushing for Ancelotti back. No direct contacts with Conte. And then, just a couple hours later, Carlo Ancelotti is now considered one step away from joining Real Madrid. His agents are now working to terminate his current contract with Everton. Last step, then the deal would be completed. Ancelotti won't create any problem on personal terms with Real. And then he was gone, rumored to be making less than half of what he was currently making at Everton in the 11 million pounds per year range. And yeah, Ryan, this kind of just a, a sinking feeling in my stomach, at least. Because I laughed off the Real Madrid links, like, ha, 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 he's been there, done that. Why would he go? And then it started to pick up steam as it rolled down the hill. And I don't think there's any way that you can spin this as an immediate positive, though there may, of course, be some silver linings. I think the short-term disruption and, you know, Everton finally headed to a summer of stable stability at the club, which would afford us some uh, ability to perhaps recruit more strategically. And maybe that hasn't changed, Ryan. Curious maybe. to hear your thoughts, because this was just kind of madness. Well, there's a lot of crazy reactions here that the sky is falling and everything's awful. Um, I, I don't feel that way at all. Uh, I hate to say it, um, but to me, this is almost relief. I mean, yes, I hadn't really been thinking about it. I was just focused. I mean, we we've been prepping for a year end and review and and i've been doing a lot of work on that and some other stuff and just been busy in general i didn't really think anything of it um but it's kind of like that scene in moneyball when jonah hill's character is approached by uh brad pitt playing billy bean i think jonah hill's character is supposed to be paul b podesta at this point and he's talking about losing johnny damon and he's just like i think it opens up a whole realm of possibilities like you not signing damon was a good thing and so in many ways, I, I have to admit, so I, I was excited when Carlo was coming. And if you remember, I did all that research on 
I was concerned that he might want all these ready-made players and, and there's no historical evidence that he does, by the way, recruitment wise, but he's never been all that involved in recruitment. And then there's all this talk between brands and Carlo and, you know, I'll give Stephen Leary credit there on Twitter. One of my good buddies out there. Um, he's the one that always harps on the idea that we cannot buy ready-made players. It's just mathematically impossible. Like we'll never be good if that's the case, because by the time they get past their peak and start losing their value, we can't get a return on them either on the field or return to transfer fees. We just don't have the money. You have to build, you know, and no one buys like that too, even the big clubs. So to me, I don't know if that was a real conflict or not, but if it isn't, it's kind of gone now. And I just think that you hire Marcel brands in the summer of 18. And I think people forget about how bad a situation he inherited. You, you knew it was going to take some time. So for me, I've always been in that space, man. Like I've never expected us to be any good before year four. Okay, and we just finished year three. I was actually okay with 59 points. I didn't think that was a terrible haul. And I think when we talk about year in review, we we're probably a little fortunate to get that number. And I thought Carlo did an okay job. But Hamas, how many times in this podcast did we did we actually second guess Carlo Ancelotti's decisions? A lot. And maybe it was a condensed schedule, but I just felt like he got some stuff wrong. And maybe he was disinterested in the second half of the year. Maybe his personnel, I thought choices were... They just seemed off. I, I don't know. I had a lot of question marks, actually. Not saying he was bad or terrible, but I, I just, I think there's talent on this team. And I think in many cases, he wasn't getting the best out of it near the end. And I think that's that's totally fair because we have gone back and forth and, and scratched our heads at some of the personnel decisions, more so the the insistence on sticking with the same personnel and, and refusing to try different things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to his detriment, I think. And I hated the, the fan reaction to that too, uh, to jump in. Like everyone's kind of like, well, that's because the bench isn't good because Carlo Ancelotti is infallible. No. I mean, I, I, I think about some of the guys on the bench, like Marco Silva got more out of Bernard than Carlo did, you know? I mean, and, and um, who's another one? Andre Gomes played better. I mean, he's not great, but played better under Marco Silva. You know what I mean? So some of these guys, you know, Awobi was good at, at Arsenal. Like, so you're starting to talk to some of these guys and some of these guys have talent and you're kind of wondering, even, even I look at the performance we'll get in the year end review. We're going to hit this one a lot. Alon and Decore's performance dropped from their prior clubs because they were used differently. I'm not saying that wasn't pragmatic and it wasn't successful. Cause I do point to 59 points and think it's a decent haul, but people kept pointing this bench. Like it was terrible, but you didn't use it anyway. Like Fabian Delph right. is very successful at City, and, and we've actually seen him be good in spurts. But I, I just, the substitution patterns were odd. He seemed like he gave certain people chances. They did well, and then he never went back to them. I mean, Tom Davies was like an afterthought at the end until against City. Like what? And the City setup yeah. really ticked me off, man. I mean, I know we didn't do a post game of that, but that really, really ticked me off. It was incredibly naive. Why did he, how can you sit there and talk about the 15 games we did this and the 20 games we did this? And then you go back and you play more expansively. When you said you couldn't play like that all year, it just seemed inconsistent. And I wonder, I, I wonder how long this has been going on. I mean, this seemed yeah. very sudden, but do we think maybe it wasn't as sudden as we think? I, I don't think that anything. I don't what think that do you any think happened? What do you think happened? Like, do we think something happened? Is there like a silver bullet here? I, I, I just want to know kind of what your feelings are about it. Cause we, you and I have, I mean, I was on vacation. We haven't talked a lot for, I know knowledge. So yeah. I, I don't know, Ryan. It, it's so, first of all, I don't think that, I think if it's public, that means it's been going on beh behind the scenes for at least, you know, X amount of time. Now, Fabrizio Romano seems to get his scoops relatively quickly, 
But these things happen behind closed doors, backroom deals all the time. It's very common in the world of football. <clears throat> I just can't, I, I don't dislike Carlo personally. I think he was very like a, a personable manager, the of players and manager. Everyone loved him. He said all the right things. Represented us well. Exactly. And that's why the complete about face and the comments about Real outright <clears throat> denying it. I guess, I mean, I get you can't really do anything else in that situation, but at least be a little more coy instead of like unequivocally, nope, I'm not going. I'm happy at Everton. And then to turn. So the only thing I can think is that Carlo planned to be here. Rumors had it that he met as recently as last week with the board and Marcel to go over transfer strategy and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, and as much as people don't want to admit it, <laughs> it's just the way the world of football works. If Real Madrid or Barcelona come calling and they they want you, you're going to go. There's very few people that are in a position to turn down either of those jobs. And, you know, you might think, well, Carlos been there, done that, but doesn't change the allure of managing one of the biggest clubs in the world. And you made a great point, though, about what's the one league he hadn't won. Yeah, and he hasn't won La Liga. He's won every other of the top five European leagues. And so the thought, I mean, look, that Real squad is solid they're not they're not close to i don't think what he had the first time around with ronaldo you know unbelievable they're they're much more of a a quote-unquote project which makes it even more strange but yeah it just kind of hurts it hurts when you get spurned when you're you're dating the girl who's way out of your league and then all of a sudden her ex calls and he's just all (laughs) of a sudden back in the picture and she just gallivants off I'm just, not, him. I'm, I know I'm just so not like that, man. Like maybe I'm just too Zen, you know what I mean? Like I just accept it and move on. But well, I think so, well, you do have to, but like Ryan, I think you're, and you've rubbed off on me a lot. Very. <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't happy about it. Let, let, let me be clear about this. It wasn't like, I'm like, yay, he's gone. I mean, I, I liked him. I was looking for, I really, so being fairly an optimistic guy, I, I was actually looking forward to Carlo being an adaptive strategist, tactical type guy, having more time in between matches. I thought maybe not having Europe might be helpful to him and kind of make that big jump forward. I mean, not quite what Conte did, but like, like Leicester, the same type of thing were in the area. I mean, they won the league partially because they didn't have to game plan for Europe, things like that. I think, I think a good manager can take great advantage of that. So it's not like I wasn't, I mean, I had some optimistic spin on it, but like, so, so honestly, I think what really happened is, in, in all honesty, taking a step back, I don't think there was anything dramatic like you went to the board and they said, well, we're stuck under financial fair play and you're no. not going to get the players you want. I, I don't think that's what happened. So because he knows the situation, he knew it when he took the gig, no question. Um, and his reputation's on the line, so I get it. So I think what happened is some of the reporting out there, you know, the idea that like just even Thursday, PSG, I think, you know, Real wanted Pochettino and PSG told him to go stick it. And Real couldn't like figure out a way to talk to him. Um, and then I, I think I, Conte wasn't going to happen. I think when that happened, um, Gauthier has agreed with Nice. I, I think that's what happened. They turned to Ancelotti. I think Conte was probably going to be the guy they were going to push for. Um, and I, I think they were probably a little bit surprised that PSG told him to stick it about Pochettino and couldn't get to him which I find very curious too, because the rumors are right now, the Pochettino wants to leave PSG. So maybe right. he's ticked off at Leonardo, not wanting to talk to him. And, and that's why you think he'll probably be at, at Spurs. We're going to get to candidates in a second. So I think that's probably what happened, but I just, man, to me, if you say you're committed like this, don't say stuff like that. Then don't give all this talk about wanting to open up the stadium and stuff. And I, I think that's, 
I mean, honestly, I, I think Mike, Mike Gow has a great paraphrase tweet yeah. on here, which I'm so glad you threw in the doc. It's great. Yeah, this is perfect because I think this is uh, <laughs> I, this sums up Carlos, probably Carlos attitude. But I think the attitude of basically modern footballers, managers, <clears throat> personnel in general. And so Mike tongue in cheek is quoting Carlo and says, I was totally committed to Everton until a different opportunity came up that was better. And I changed my mind. But I never lied to you and was committed to the club until I was not. <laughs> I mean, and that's the it's thing. Where I don't think you can. It, I think the important thing is like where to Everton go from here. And we'll talk about that, I think, a little bit. And we'll talk about it in the squad assessment even more and more <clears> detail. But I don't think you can blame anyone at Everton for this happening. I think this is, as you said, Real, we're going down their list. Check. Okay. Nope. 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 Okay. Carlos next. We'll give him a call. He was always going to be. Look, we love Everton. We have these romantic views of, okay, we've sure. got this world-class manager going to see us to our new stadium, but it, it's just the way it is. Real call, and, it, and he couldn't resist. And it's the, the pay cut is strange. I guess he thinks it's a better situation. All those things he said about loving Crosby and being on the beach and riding his bike and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, this guy's, this guy's the real he deal. Gets He's us. He understands the club. He under and, and I'm and, sure he does to an extent. But does he? He never really. I don't think he's never going to care the way that the fans care. And that's what I think think people have to kind of just do away with the notion of is that you're going to have these professionals that are ever going to have the same emotional attachment to the club that we do. Well, well um, he he might have eventually. I, the one thing that still I will always say is. To win at Everton is a lot more meaningful to me than it would be to win at Real Madrid. And I think once that happens, you know, maybe you change your tune and everything. Um, but look, I, I just I still um, when he was hired, I was a little surprised anyway. Uh, but Same. I, I, still, I, still I think we all he, were. Yeah, I, I still don't so know great. if he's the perfect guy to lead us forward anyway. So I, I think that's that's where I'm at. I, I just kind of looked at it and was like, you know what? I never really thought he was the right guy anyway. But I do think he did an OK job. I, I don't think he did a poor job necessarily um unfortunately though when this happened you know and meltdown on social media all over the place and the whole progression of it was just fascinating you know it was just fabricio and other people tweeting out like madrid are in talks with carlo michelotti no agreement signed yet no direct contacts with, with uh with conte Carlo Ancelotti is now considered one step away from, and then Carlo Ancelotti has left the club. It's just kind of ridiculous. And, and it was, it was in like crazy. two hours. I know. Of course, like two hours, it went from they, they've made contact, seems like it might happen, to done deal, Everton board meeting to discuss. And it it, it just was, it was like mad. And I couldn't, I really couldn't believe how, how fast it happened, but that's that's a testament to just the, the pulling power of Real Madrid. I really, yeah. Think all it is yeah i think that's fair there are a lot of strange reactions too i mean i get some of them but some of them are kind of ridiculous you know uh, but but really i think what it comes down to now it's how does the club go forward to your yeah. point now for for most rational adults i think they're they're saying the same thing they're saying look mashiri you put the money up we don't hate you or anything but you screw this up let brands make the call he's your football guy let Marcel Brands make the decision. And, you know, immediately people had some crazy reactionary responses because some of the journalists brought out that Eddie Howe would be considered. We'll go through all the, all the guys in a second, David Moyes and people like that. And, and look, that's if that did come up from a le legitimate source, you know, where that came from that came from Bill or that came from someone else on the board. That's all they really know. And I know they were brought up last time. I don't know how close we were to hiring Moyes. I'm glad we did not still am. I don't care what West Ham does. 
Um, they play in a very particular way. That's fine. And there've been a lot of names already flushed out. So we'll start to get into them, but I think that's part of the problem. Like people just saying, Oh, woe is us. We're going to now hire Eddie Howard, whatever random person that you associate with the regime. And, and yet again, people are extrapolating this whole board issue or club is dysfunctional and we've got to restart over and stuff. And I just don't see it that way at all. Uh, I think this idea that we don't have a full philosophy or a pure system, I think is something that can be put in and not very long. And I, and I think there's lots of players here that are good. I think that could be utilized even better. I think we have two massive holes in the squad and we're going to talk about that in our year in assessment, but like at right wing and right back. And, and I don't see massive holes. Otherwise, could you improve? Could you upgrade? Yeah. But like no other club is going to have holes that gaping big as we yeah. do. I just think this summer, even if we spend the same amount as other clubs do, and we probably won't outspend people because we can't, um, if we do, I think we will get the biggest boost. And I think it's really important now, probably more than any, that someone comes in and really puts their stamp on a style of play more so than Ancelotti did before this summer. Um, because I, I don't think any of the pieces we have, we don't have that many pieces that I think are square pegs and round holes that we can't move, by the way. You know, yeah. like, for example, if we bring in someone that's possession heavy, Gofi Zickerson is not going to make any sense. I don't think he makes sense anyway, but he won't. You know, he can't play like that at all. So he would be gone, but that's, we can shift him. He has a year left. No big deal. If you brought in someone who um, doesn't want to play the center halfs deeper, wants to push up, wants to play a high press, Michael Keane's going to struggle. And, but, but he can still play a role. Maybe is that, you know, when we do pack it in and stuff. So I, I just, I don't see so many square pegs and round holes out there that we can't do anything with these guys. So I, I, yeah. I don't, I just feel like there's still a lot of possibilities with the squad. We're not fully formed anyway. And when Brands took over, what did he say? He said, if you wanted a short turnaround, I'm not your guy. And so look, what did he do at PSV and AZ? Pardon me. AZ PSV. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Podcast AZ. humor. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> we haven't done that one in a while. So, uh, <laughs> but no, in both cases, it took him four years. And he had some some difficult ways. I mean, he had to talk Louis Van Gaal into like not resigning at one point. And they won the year, they won the league next year. It took the four years for both those clubs to win the league. And PSV went on a run. They won three out of four leagues. And AZ hadn't won in years. So so the point I'm trying to make is that those were in much better shape than Everton was when he took over in the summer of 18. So this is always, in my opinion, going to take at least four years, probably five or six. And worse, this is going to be going into year four. So I think this is the right time. I don't think we're too far gone. I don't no. think we've overly committed too many players that fit a style. Now, look, will we struggle to retain Hamas? Maybe, maybe, but we're going to get paid for it. I mean, we are. I mean, there, there's yeah. no, there's no buyout here. I mean, he was too valuable for us for that. Are we going to be able to keep a lot? Maybe, maybe not, but I, I don't think the world ends if we can't. And so we'll see who the next guy is. So, so, Anyway, last words before we kind of get into kind of some of the selection possibilities. Yeah, I did just want to hit on um, this comment from uh, Mark Christopher, regular contributor at Mark C856. He said, the worst part is thinking of all the smug commentators saying Everton needed to hire a Howe or Moyes. And yeah, oh, I agree about that. I'm so excited about that. It's going to be awesome. No, Ryan, I hate it. I hate it's it. It's going to be awesome. Because when we signed Ancelotti, there was the Mark Ogden dunking on for saying Moyes is the best we can get and da-da-da-da-da. And in some ways, I think we all sort of 
had fun dancing on the graves of these journalists who were proven wrong. Like, look, we can get one of these big time managers. And when that manager then jumps away and runs away to the first big club that comes calling, it undermines the argument that Everton have the stature that maybe we all would like to think or think that they do. You saw, I just think it's you saw my tweet, right? I did see it, but for those that didn't (laughs) recap it for us. My tweet was, I believe this is me typing. I, well, this is me reading what I typed. Reading Sorry, what you was, typed. Yeah. I, that was strange. Um, I believe a good measure for the level of success in an Everton hire is the level of outrage from the current English pundits. The more outrage, the better the hire. So I'm going to subscribe to that theory as we go through some of these candidates. I also liked your uh, your number one criteria or first on the checklist for a new manager would be someone who wants to get rid of Gilfie. <laughs> really like that one too. I don't think that'll be a problem. Um, you know, I'm going to give Andy McGregor to a little credit El Pivote. I think he, what yeah. he wrote a long time ago and we, we emphatically agreed with on the show was Everton should not be going for managers on their way down who also don't suit the project. I understand we as fan base are starved of success, but a manager alone won't fix that. It's about building a squad, developing players, making the Academy better. Yeah, and it's not about a name. It's none of those things. It's about finding the right fit. And um, it was always going to take some time now, but I am still encouraged. I think the past years of recruitment as well will bear fruits, even if we haven't seen it. Like I think last window, we're going to look back on very favorably, but we, you know, it, it you know, you got to make you, you got to use these guys better than maybe even Carlo was too. So I just think there's a lot of possibilities with the talent we have in the squad. I don't think we're sunk, but yeah, let's stop. And when I heard that Mashiri's dedicated to getting a big name, I, I just, one thing I will say is there are plenty of players out there that are very good that maybe aren't big names that could help us very much. You know, like like everyone is is totally focused on someone like Max Aarons, for example, because he's a name and that's what we recognize and that's what people have heard from. But there are lots of players as good as him, if not better. So I, it's nothing to be concerned about. If we don't get Leon Bailey, who I think is a terrific player and be a great option. There are lots of guys. Like, do people even know who Nico Gonzalez is at Stuttgart? He's every bit as good, in my opinion. And if he's not, fine. So it's not about the names either. It's a, and your recruitment, you can get these guys. I mean, Brighton's trying to get him. So I just, it doesn't matter as much. All that it matters is getting the right guy with the right fit that, fit that can use the players to the best of their ability. And I think that's possible with some of these guys on the list. And someone who genuinely buys into the project. I think that's like, we, we really, as much as, as much as I loved having Carlo for his personality and all the things that he brought, what really is disheartening about his departure is just the, the chop and change. It feels like we're back at square one in that sense. Yeah. We're going to have to now recruit another manager that distracts from the recruitment of players. There's a whole nother ordeal. And then, you know, potentially what happens with players in the squad who may be disgruntled by his departure. How does, how many players want to come to Everton, not knowing who the manager is going to be. Right. It just, it just throws like uncertainty and confusion into a process, which I was looking forward to finally have. That's true. That's fair. That's streamlined summer where we can recruit. Carlo can talk to these guys. And, and now we don't have that necessarily. Isn't this exciting now? Isn't it exciting? Oh, I love the excitement, (laughs) Ryan. It just makes my heart fill with joy. Pundits are loving it too. You know what I mean? I, this is when I know I'm not destined to be a journalist because I I don't find it exciting. I'm with you. Yes. It would have been nice to have just yet another variable taken care of so we could focus on business. But that being said, I think Marcel's already had his, his, 
players identified and I'm not so sure Carlo Carlo should be able to tell what's wrong with the club, but I, I don't, the team, I don't think that's ever really been too much of a question. So True. Um, if this changes our recruiting strategy, it might not be for the worse. So True. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into it because I think the couple names that came out first were the ones that everyone flipped out about. So the first one on our list is Nuno Espirito Santo. Um, you know, Wolves coach who was let go by Wolves, which I, I don't think was deserved. I think they had some strange recruitment this summer, and I don't blame him for that. Um, I actually don't think he's a bad coach at all. I think he would probably be re- decently successful at Everton. My issue is that um, people are like, well, look how well he did with the team from the championship. Well, first of all, that was the most expensive championship team ever, and maybe the best ever, uh, certainly the biggest wages ever. And they have spent money just as much basically as we have. Um and they had, he had some bad lucks on injury. He would do fine, but his style of play is just completely dull and boring. I mean, they sit back. They pressure never. Five at the back. Yeah. Five at the back all the time. And when they tried to play four, it didn't go well. Um, and maybe he wouldn't do that with our personnel. But I just think that it's... I don't really want to want to watch it. But, but I wouldn't be totally heartbroken if it was him. Just, you know, don't, don't expect to be all excited and buckled up. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think he would design a, a decent. I mean, is he more of a systems guy than willing to fit people and, and design one around him? Yeah, I get that feeling, too. So that concerns me a little bit. But some of our personnel would fit in. Yeah. And he's I mean, he's, he's basically it seemed implied that he would almost certainly go to Crystal Palace, that that deal was well underway. But of course, if Everton comes swooping in, you'd have to think that that would uh, pique his interest at the very least. I agree with you, Ryan. I'm not. I mean, it's hard to fault him for what happened with Wolves yeah. and all their injuries this year, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't inspire a great deal of confidence or hope, which fairly fair enough. Like, I don't feel that way about a lot of the names, but he'd be OK, though. I mean, I like I don't yeah. think he'd be a disaster. Or anything. No, I don't think so either. Now, like some the of the other guys guy. in list. Yeah, let's Eddie talk Howe, about Ryan. the next guy. Let's talk Eddie Howe. Evertonian through and through. He bleeds. Yeah, blue. yeah. We already <laughs> talked about this Evertonian because he watched him a couple of times and they're really good and he was young. Great. Um, I have no interest whatsoever. Um, he took Bournemouth a long way. He deserves a lot of credit for that. But his sitting back, conceding constantly, goal after goal, and then so trying many to goals. super fast attack off the counter and stuff. I mean, some of our personnel might be equipped to that. I just, I, no, I was never. Yeah, so many goals. So, no, I, I don't. It's just lazy to me. I think he was yeah. selected because he maybe was brought up in the past and it's something that maybe Bill Kenwright or the journalists would spit out. I, I no, no, I, I just, I think we're better than that. I think there are more interesting guys that um, are more adaptable that have had more success as well. And, and what I hate is people saying, well, he turned down the Celtic job. That can't be a coincidence. Do people think this is 1967? I mean, look, Brendan Rogers came out of Celtic hit Leicester and did very well. But it's not like Lester was this phenomenal job at the time. I mean, they'd finished, what, like 12th or 9th or something like that. So Celtic is not this job hopping job where you jump into and you magically, you know, go to another big club. I mean, unless you call NYCFC a big club. <laughs> or, I mean, I'm Neil Lennon. I mean, is, is Real Madrid right. thinking Carlo Ancelotti or Neil Lennon? I mean, right. no, no. It, it, so I don't. That no, I, I don't think that really mattered. And look, he's not Scottish. It's not like he grew up there. No, yeah, Eddie Howe just it, it makes no real sense. It'll he'll be. We're basically linked with everyone at this point because but, it's but does Eddie Howe media. make less sense than the next guy on the list? Well, I just want to say Eddie Howe's first order of business would be to sign Josh King to like an eight year deal. So <laughs> that would uh, be regrettable. Oh. Now the next guy is of mm. course current West Ham United manager, former Everton manager, none other than David Moyes. 
Moyes is the best we can get, Ryan. What do you think? No, uh, no interest whatsoever. Um, and it makes no sense. No, it makes no sense. First of all, why would he leave? Uh, second of all, he has a very particular team right now. He was fortunate in his results because no one got hurt. And he did a good job at West Ham. He deserves credit for it, and that's fine. But I just feel like he's got a ceiling, and I'm not interested in watching that. I also hated the way he left, uh, tried to poach some of our players, acted like he was above us, even though he did well with us. I don't hate the guy or anything, but I have no interest in watching that. And, and people are – he did well with us on a, on a shoestring budget, and the team yeah. has played really hard. But, man, people are really exaggerating how successful he was. You know what I mean? I don't want that. I want someone that can take us farther than that. And I think they can. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, look, people are like, we got us in the Champions League. Yeah, with 61 points. How many points do we have this year, James? 59. 59. So, like, let's not overshoot this tremendous accomplishment. And it's the only Champions League team still, I think, in history that had a negative shot differential, okay. um, let alone yeah. a negative goal differential. So, like, no. And it was bad. It was like 45%. So, no, I just think he's tapped out. He's not the right guy. I want a younger guy that's more innovative and more interesting. Yeah, I think we... It- the Moist era is done. It, it was great while it lasted. You Bill will bring up the name, I'm sure. But guess oh, what? Bill, Bill doesn't own the club. For, I love David Moyes, but look, that book is closed. You got to move on. We got to move forward. We can't be revisiting managers from the past. And it's not January. That's the thing. Like, that may have come up when Carlo was coming up, I think, in December. But that, that's because choices are limited at this point. Yeah. That, point. That, that is not the choice right now. Um, so we say no to Moyes, right? Indeed, yeah. And what about uh, former former Liverpool manager <laughs> Rafael Benitez? No, no, you hate no. him. No, I never liked him. Uh, well, I don't hate him. I mean, you I don't know him, him real well. Yeah. Um, no, I, I just maybe I was influenced by some of the stuff I've read about him. Um, I appreciated his mind games and things he would do, but I just never thought he was particularly into modern football even back then. So if he was a borderline dinosaur with some level of success, then I don't understand why we would want him now. He just seems like going the opposite direction. And just because Jamie Carragher wants him there because Rafa has been influencing people in the press, it's the same reason why we should never hire the guy's name will not be mentioned. So stop listening to some of these pundits. They're absolutely ridiculous. They're totally biased and they don't care what Everton does. They just want to push their buddies. So no. Wasn't thought of as good enough for Newcastle and right. certainly not good enough for Everton <clears throat> Football Club, in my opinion. No. So our next guy in the list is a pipe dream. I don't think it's happening. Antonio Conte. He'd be he's a fantastic manager. I agree. He's tough as nails. He would whip this team into shape, possibly. Uh, but I, I just uh, I just think that is not going to happen. I'm sure he'll go somewhere else or just wait. Yeah, it seems pretty unlikely, although we thought the same about Carlo Ancelotti yes. at the time. So, I mean, look. Anything's possible with uh, Farhad can be very persuasive with his checks signed and dated for X amount, but <laughs> that's true. I, yeah, I just don't really see this happening. I think, although if he did, obviously people are saying, Oh, bring, get Conte back. Let's get, he'd Lukaku be a big name. Back, get the band back together. Yeah. Right. I mean, he would be, uh, we would play differently, but I mean, look, you can't argue the guy's resume. He's the best resume out there for sure. I just don't know if he's the right one for us. And he's also a short-term guy. Like he yeah, doesn't yeah. stick around at jobs. He comes yeah. for a couple of years. And I really think we need to be looking beyond that. It'd be tough um, to say no, so- but yeah, I, I'd be okay. I mean, it's okay. It, we don't necessarily need him. Um, next guy in the list. Frank, Frank Patty power has him nine to one. Uh, the bed Victor has like 14 to one and William Hill 20 to one. So like nine to one Frank Lampard. So, okay. Hamas, what have you seen from Frank Lampard in his CV that says success? 
he won a bunch of stuff with Chelsea as a player. Dude, do you remember how bad he was for LA Galaxy, by the way? Oh yes. He was so awesome. With Co- he was awesome, though, uh, at Chelsea for a while of there, course, too. But yeah. but yeah, look, no, I he, he doesn't organize the defense very well. I was always critical of his job at Derby. I cannot Couldn't figure believe. out his best 11 at Chelsea for the life of him. Look at the difference between him and Tuchel. I mean, it's crazy. Some of the guys he was playing and given opportunities to, they they were not. He is not tactically savvy or sophisticated enough, in my opinion, to, to, to get a tune out of these guys. And this whole, well, he brought young people along. No, they just didn't buy anyone because they were on a ban. So <laughs> let's not exaggerate that. One. I have no interest in that. I don't understand why anyone would either. Um, oh, boy. This other one, Victor Perea. Um, I know why he came up before he does have a good track record in terms of developing young people. He's kind of a madman. I don't, he think is, he, I don't he's think he'd be awesome. a real, I, he is. I don't think he'd be a real <laughs> candidate. And frankly, I don't think he's been successful enough recently. And I, I don't want a guy that decided to, you know, run away to Shanghai. Uh, so Fair. no, I just, I just cannot, I don't know why I just have trouble picturing him as being the person to lead us forward. So, um, yeah, it doesn't strike me, uh, as that a guy who's really up for that sort of project. He went to China. Not there's anything wrong with that inherently, but it just kind of like, he doesn't excite me at all either. Yeah. No, it seems like a pretty rigid guy, but some of the other guys coming up though, I'm pretty excited about that. I I don't know if we'll give a real look to or not, but are worth talking about, I think. Yeah. So next up we have a Marcelo Gallardo uh, from river plate been there for almost seven years. So, you know, indicates some, uh, element of continuity of course that's south america and you'll have the inevitable questions of is he prim- primarily ready now i remember when we sacked silva this guy was like near the top of uh our list at the time a really interesting guy who's who's made river plate really formidable uh they play a really i think high tempo style and uh fun to watch would he be tempted across the ocean ryan to the english premier league you'd have to think uh it could be a compelling pitch made by marcel Oh, yeah. Um, former D.C. United player, I might add. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. He wasn't there for very long. Yeah, he did a little bit. Uh, yeah, I love Gallardo. Uh, he's definitely more Ancelotti in terms of mixing up tactics and things like that. But yeah, I mean, they're tough. Uh, they play really hard. Um, he just wins, man. I mean, he just wins. He just wins a lot of stuff. I mean, I don't know what to say. And it's they have some crazy schedules, too. I mean, things are just on top of each other. Um, but I mean, the numbers are unbelievable. I mean, he's won. I mean, he started national in Uruguay, he won that league. Um, he struggled to win the league though, but I mean, he's won the Libertadores twice, uh, the Recopa, the Copa Sudamericana when they got booted out, they won that the Supercopa. I mean, he has been South American coach of the year, two years. Um, he came so close to winning the league and the Libertadores. I feel like it was last year at the very last second he lost in that crazy Boca river final in, in the Copa. Um, but I mean, he just wins and he's really innovative and interesting. And boy, you can bring a couple guys with him too. I'll take, uh, I'll take, uh, Montiel. I'll take Nick De La Cruz, you know, and freeze. That'd be fine. Uh, I think he's really exciting and interesting. I, I just think, um, he's just a winner, a chronic winner. He's intense. I think his teams would play intense. Um, I feel a little Pochettino in him. I, I would love for him to be given the shot. I don't think he will. Um, but I, I, I would love for them to at least talk to him and see what he says. I don't know. What do you think? No, I agree. I, I, I think there's the, I think you made this point earlier, but everyone wants someone who's uh, Premier League proven, Premier League proven. Well, like it, the guys who have come in to the Premier League, Tuchel wasn't Premier League proven and he did 
pretty well. Like, <laughs> yeah, that worked Jurgen out pretty Klopp well. Came in. Right. I mean, I think it's different, like proven in South America versus proven in Europe. I think and there's adjustments. A and there's adjustments, sure. but this guy is adaptable. I mean, like Pep struggled his first year in, in England. I think he was surprised yeah. at how often the ball was in the air, you know, and, and some of the physicality. But that's because he took a very specific way of playing and, and tried to adapt it that he grew up with. And so, right. you know, Pep is more kind of his way of playing, and that's how he wanted to be. But that, that's not the case here. Um, but yeah, let's let's move on to a few more of the, the big names here, and then we'll both throw out a couple. I mean, we're linked with literally every manager that <laughs> that's crazy is employed or unemployed at the moment. So let's go through these next couple, uh, because I think these are kind of the names uh, on everyone's lips at the moment. Graham Potter, Ryan, Brighton and Hove Albion, current manager, the ex- kings of XG this season or lack of executing on their XG. Um, some hate him. Some seem to think pretty highly of him. I think he's done a decent job at Brighton, but would he be a good fit at Everton? I love his recruitment. Uh, so I don't know how much influence he has on that. The young players they have signed up. Oh, you are uh, drooling. Oh, I can't believe they got Moises Casita. I loved him. Yeah. I love Jacob Mulder. I love Mac McAllister, obviously. Basuma, they got a couple years ago. I think we all knew that he was a super talent. Look, I mean, if they had guys that could finish their chances, where would they be? Uh, I mean, they created more chances and, and limited chances better than we did uh, with nowhere near the talents. Uh, so, yeah, I think you got to kick the tires on him. He seems like a really interesting guy, and he, he went in an unconventional route. So um, he would be, I guess, if you had to pick an English choice, I think I, I think you would talk to him. I think yeah. he's an interesting guy. Maybe he'd win you over. I, I wouldn't rule it out. No, I wouldn't rule it out either. I think, you know, you look at at least his teams create chances. They play offensively. Look, they may not be as astute defensively, but he's certainly better than some of the other Joe names. I'd have him over yeah. Rafa Benitez yeah. in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, some of the other ones, too, I think are interesting. Like, um, so Duncan Ferguson, I just... I... Let's talk dunk because I've seen a lot of people say, look, this whole other manager thing hasn't worked. Let's just put dunk in charge. He'll at least get the players to run into the ground and obviously take issue with that. Cause I think there's a lot more to modern football and modern football management than just getting guys to run hard, obviously. Um, but it just, you, you can't appoint him to a full-time job because you're setting him up to fail. And I don't think that's fair to either the club or to him. Yeah, I, I actually would like to see Duncan maybe give it a shot somewhere and see how he could do. He yeah. might end up being a really good manager, honestly. I, I think some of his adjustments that he made were very pragmatic when he was in charge a couple times. Um, and I think it's too easy to say they were just boring. Um, who knows? He may end up being a great manager, but no, I, I, we can't just throw the team in his way. I mean, we really need someone that can put all these pieces together and take us in a direction. And I just don't think he's had time to forge a strong identity as a, as a leading guy. And so I, I don't think that's what we need. I mean, I have no problem with him sticking around. I mean, everyone seems like, oh, no, we need to get rid of him. Every coach has had that option. No one is ever, does someone really seriously say, hey, Carlo Ancelotti, you have to keep Duncan Ferguson. I mean, do we really think that's what happened? Do you want to be the guy that has to tell Dunk that he's getting <laughs> kicked out? Because I don't. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he's one of the few in football that I'd look at and be like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I could take you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but he seemed like he's done well with some of the young guys too. So I, yeah. I think having some continuity, I don't think is a bad thing at all. So I, I got no, but I just don't. If you want someone with a decently strong identity or someone that could forge an identity with Marcel Brands, I just want to see someone else. You know, uh, that's all. That's all. Well, I, I don't. I don't hate Duncan. I just think that's too big a risk. Yeah, I agree. It's just too risky. You can't give a guy first 
full-time managerial gig at right. a job like this. Yeah, yeah. Everton should never be your first gig. You know what I mean? Like, I hope Mich- Mikel Arteta does fine at Arsenal, but, like, I don't want to do that. That's I don't yeah. think that's wise. It doesn't make any sense. Um, Next guy on the list, uh, I, I think if I was a betting guy, this is the guy that I would think that we're going to end up hiring. And this is, of course, former Romar and Shakhtar Donetsk manager, Paolo Fonseca, another name who's linked with Everton. Zorro! Upon the departure, Be- that's of Marco a Silva. moment uh, for people that don't oh. know. Look up Paulo Fonseca Zorro. Um, <laughs> just I can't even describe it, can't believe he did that. Um, yeah, you know, um, Ethan Zander did a thing on the Discord, which I recommend people checking out. Um, invite.gg slash ATP to join the Discord. Yeah, about tactical periodization. It's a training method that's very common with Portuguese coaches. Marco Silva did it too, but Fonseca is not overly prescriptive, I think, in terms of how he plays. He's So so the idea behind it is to train. Um, I'm summarizing this. It's a whole blend of psychological and technical things all blended together. But the idea is to train as though you are playing the match. And in some cases, like Jose Mourinho was, was one of the first... Um, best known adapters of it train like you are playing the match you're going to play you know i don't know how well that works with condensed schedules and stuff and fonseca has shown much more adaptability than some of these other guys like marco silva was incredibly rigid as a manager he had some good points too i'm not not discrediting that but fonseca is a little different i like the way his teams play um you know our discussion we were arguing whether he was a counter-pressing manager or pressing I, I he's not a counter-pressing manager i just said he did it sometimes at shaktar he didn't do it as much at roma probably because he had eden jeco up top um but he presses at times they will play high tempo sometimes they won't he's probably a little more obsessed with possession i think than someone like jose Mourinho. um He's very demanding and it's his center halves. They pass a lot. Uh, that would be some of my concerns, but I love what they've done at Roma with some of the midfielders too. And I think Decore and Alon would be fantastic. Uh, Penny thinks a would be amazing with him. I understand why he would say that. You know, I think uh, he's gotten the best out of Pellegrini, uh, Pellegrino, pardon me, uh, the midfielder who, who's played more withdrawn role and been very effective. And, you know, sign Bernard up long-term if that happens. <laughs> yeah. Loved Bernard. Tried to get him at Roma, obviously, while he was there and played under him at Shakhtar in the Ukraine. So obviously there's that link. But um, I think he'd be good. I, I mean, I, I think like yeah. I could see like he likes stacking his attacking players together, um, you know, and I could see some of that with Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And he's shown some adaptability. You know, he's played with three in the back a bit. Uh, I wonder if the way he'd play, like if JPG was healthy, he'd drop him back almost as like a ball playing center half. Anyway, I don't know. I think there are a lot of possibilities, but. You know, still, we need a right. He does use wingbacks a lot. So we definitely need a right wing back. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know. I That would not be a yeah. bad hire, I don't think. There are so many possibilities, Ryan. We've got about 30 to 40 names linked on uh, thesacrace.com, which is the site that we're using. I just wanted to throw out a couple random others that uh, we're currently... There are at least odds existing that you can bet on these guys coming to Everton. Unless well, there's think, anyone else. You well, think. I think the next one, I mean, Eric Ten Hag is definitely a consideration. Yeah. Though, but I just don't yeah. know if we're, if we're, if he's past us or what's going on with him. You know, I, I think, but he's very interesting tactically. He's played very attractive football and the Dutch connection. I mean, I really can't right. think of a Dutch manager that I felt like would make that much sense, you know, with the Marcel Brands connection. The only name I did come up with was Geo van Brockhorst is a very interesting guy who was down the road for a while, just sitting there at Man City after doing very well in the Netherlands, very briefly learning from Pep. And then he took a job in 
China and then came back home because he was homesick. I, I just I don't know why there aren't that many there that really jump out to me that I think would be great fits. But but I, I do think Ten Hag would be interesting. He'd definitely be a big name if Moshiri's talking about that. And I mean, he's certainly good at cultivating young players. You're forced to do True. that. I ask, I mean, right. Hamez, if, if we announced Eric Ten Hag is our manager tomorrow, I mean, I don't think that's anything that too many people would be too upset about. Do you think? No, I think that it's an interesting prospect given the partnership with, with brands working together. They, he would seemingly maybe buy into the, the vision of the project more so than some of these other guys who might yeah. be have a bit more urgency to win now and recruit to win now. Um, yeah. There's like three or four guys that I'm not, uh, that I'm open to that. I'd be interested to kind of see how this story progresses, but then you've got, again, I just want to highlight some of the, <laughs> there are some like in here. Gareth Southgate, Scott oh. Parker, Joey Barton, Chris Wilder. Really? Of all the people. Mark Hughes. We could get Mark Hughes back in the mix. Joey Barton's funny just because he's, you know, he's an Everton fan and everything. Right. But, uh, I, I don't. And a world-class so, bleep. Hey. Yeah, he's a special one. Uh, so let's talk about Roberto Martinez. Okay. Do we want to tell me we won't talk about him? But I mean, I've heard people talk. Oh, he played the most attractive football. I, his teams, even though his points hall were very bad the last two years. The second year was crazy. We just didn't score. It was very bizarre. The third year, the defense wasn't quite as bad as what people thought. But, like, I have never watched him play. I mean, the first year was so much fun. We were flying. 72 points is impressive. Um, But I just don't. There's nothing I see in him that says tactical news. Like, I I don't think he's achieved that much of that Belgian team that is loaded. So good. Yeah. For me, for me, Martinez was a pretty big beneficiary of the core that Moyes had built. And he came in and he maybe coasted off of that a little bit, brought in Lukaku, brought in a few other guys that maybe improved a short term. But once he started to develop the squad and more of his own image, the wheels started to fall off a little bit. And maybe we were a little premature with his sacking, but it was pretty diabolical towards the end of his tenure. And I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't really be too thrilled to see Bobby Brown shoes back in the mix. Yeah, yeah. Great not, pundit, not. though. I love his punditry. He seems like a lovely chap. Uh, they still got yeah. Christophe uh, Gautier in here. I think he's going to Nice, though. So I don't I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. Ralph Ragnett's another one. Oh, God. Let's talk about Wayne in a second. But like Ralph Ragnett is like he would be looking for an entire project. Like you would bring him in as like a director of football to change everything. Right. He's a genius. I love him to death, but I just don't see him as managing. That would be very strange. Yeah, let's talk about Wayne Rooney. I mean, look, I love Wayne, but why on earth would anyone think that he's going to be able to walk into this job? I mean, it's not like he did a good job with Derby County. I mean, that's just why. Why would you even? Makes is that sense. is that is Stephen Gerrard even dumber though? Yes, yeah, Stephen Gerrard is dumber. Stephen Gerrard yeah. is the dumbest link of the lot. Like so, so EFC oh, Jonesy yeah. is hysterical. By the way, on uh, on Discord, uh, one of my favorite people out there. And we go back and forth sometimes, but it's it's very funny because he hates Alex Wobi, and I just defend him. I don't even like <laughs> Wobi, but I defend him. I feel compelled. Anyway, here's this comment. This is, I love this quote. There is absolutely, and I say categorically, no way in HE double hockey sticks Steven Gerrard will ever manage Everton. HE double hockey sticks would have to freeze over and thaw before then. And even though global warming may have something to do with that, uh, yeah, that's that's spot like, on. Why do people serious about that? Some of these other ones are kind of ridiculous too. Like, like Luis Enrique is a wonderful manager, but like he's managing Spain. Like, really? He's not gonna. 
um, some of these other Yogi Low. <laughs> like, I mean, I said, he's a, Zidane, Zidane is not coming to manage Thierry Henry, Ryan. Thierry Sean, Henry in the Harry Sean Dyche is not coming. I mean, he's so inflexible. It's crazy. I, I, mean, I don't want to talk that. about these names all night. Uh, you know, I, there's one or two, though, that I yeah, do yeah. think are worth talking about. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers is not leaving Leicester. Nope. Um, Andre Villabos. I only want to bring him up because he's a free agent. He actually did pretty well at Marseille in his last gig. Um, I understand that he flamed out a bit at Chelsea. He was somewhat controversial in the way he was. He didn't do that bad at Spurs. Certainly his first year, I feel like he got 72 points. And he didn't leave them in that bad a spot. I wouldn't rule him out. Like, I, I... He's a very smart guy, super intellectual type guy, and maybe more theoretical than practical. Um, I don't know. I, 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 that's not crazy. I think I don't know what your thoughts about that. I think he, I think he's an interesting dark horse candidate. It doesn't seem likely, but I could see an argument being made. I could see him making a good impression in an interview. Him and maybe Marcel hitting it off. Um, not. I don't. Yes, he has a track record. Um, he's proven i guess himself in european football to some extent uh they have him at 22 to 1 on patty power and 40 to 1 on william hill so pretty low odds comparatively when you think about i think he's got a better shot at don being 25 to 1 so (laughs) right i mean this is obviously just driving betting i also love the addition of all the german guys because it's like all right well adi hooder already moved and marco rose those two guys would be legitimate candidates by the way if they're available but they already just moved so it's like all right well who, who do we have on here uh, who's German? Um, let's see. Oh, House and That's right. From Southampton. Yeah. Uh, Lucien Favre. He'd be really yeah. weird and interesting. Uh, he is a <laughs> very different. Weird. Oh, he's a very meticulous guy. He's a great manager in a strange way. Yeah. Oliver Glasner is kind of like, all right, well, we're running out of German managers that might make it. <laughs> uh, Pellegrino Matsurazzo would be awesome, though. Can you imagine that? A Jersey guy? His Stuttgart teams are awesome, by the way. They played so hard. He can bring Nico Gonzalez with him, man. We'll be good to go. Um, I, I, they probably won't interview him, but if I think if anyone for, I think that'd be interesting. Some of these are ridiculous. Oh yeah. Eden Terzik, interesting guy. Very fascinating scout under Klopp at Dortmund. And he, when he took over, he did well with Dortmund, but I mean, come on, man, this guy's again, it's like, we need to plug and find a German guy. So let's, let's put him on the list. These are obviously just all betting odds. So there's <laughs> this purely speculative, but it is just interesting. Like when there's a vacancy like this, every name under the sun gets linked and we could talk all day, but, uh, sorry, Mauricio. Sorry. sorry He's available. Right. I mean, I, I it's going to be very interesting. Daniel to see Farky from Norwich. Yeah. I Thomas mean, Frank, Brentford. I mean, these guys are not bad managers though. Some of them, no. I'll tell you what, those names are a lot more sensible than some of these yeah. other absurd ones. I mean, come on, like, please people out there. If you, if you're betting on people like this to get the job, like Jesse Marsh. Interesting. Roy Keane. If you're betting on Roy Keane to get this job, like you have a betting problem, you need to see someone like we are not endorsing this. I, I, and it's a serious problem in society. Like, and good. If I hope you from stopping betting on Christian Gauthier, because he looks like he's going to Nice. I felt like I've done my public service job here. (laughs) Steve Cooper is not coming here from swans. I just, yeah, some of these watch me, watch him pull a rabbit out of hat and I'll look like an idiot, but. Well, Ryan, before we get too far off into the Netherlands, I think Netherlands or nether realms, it's uh, <laughs> safe to say, I think silly season well and truly underway. Yes, it is. We will be in the thick of it for the summer, 
all the transfers, all the managerial rumors. We'll have it covered on the show. But and most importantly, words, but final words on this, though. I mean, like, yeah. are you concerned? Like, we've gone through the list. There's some viable candidates out there. So there's some good guys that I think could take us forward. I mean, does this make you feel better? I mean, I feel better thinking about all these guys that come in. I, I'm just I'm not as freaked out as some other people. Um, and maybe that's just my personality. Um, maybe it was just, I've been a little bit critical of Carlo recently, even though I recognize he's a world-class manager. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do you feel any better now? I haven't looked at some of this stuff or do you have feel, do you feel better than you felt 12 hours ago? I, I do. Yeah, I do. I feel better knowing that there are a significant number of guys that are available. I feel, I would feel much better if we had some clarity from the board in terms of what Marcel brand's mandate is, yes. because I think, Amen. I think Paul, McAllister, longtime listener, friend of the show, hits it pretty spot on when his one of his tweets to me said the director of football is the person at a club who leads the way nowadays. Brand signing a new deal was more important, though it still makes it hard to swallow. There's plenty of decent managers around Europe we could at least try for. And I think that's been backed up by our yeah. brief analysis here. As long as Brands is the one dictating the transfer strategy the top-down football structure, the bottom-up football structure, the academy, then I think you have to feel confident that Everton are still trending in the right direction. And this was going to be a big – this summer was going to be a big tell either way based on our recruitment. Yeah. Really pulling the strings. And I think now with a new manager coming in, they'll have less time to sort of wield their influence. They'll still have obviously a say and say yes or no to guys, but it really puts Marcel in the driver's seat, I think, firmly and definitively once and for all, hopefully. I think so too. But I think what's also really important is that I think a lot of people kind of calling this a reboot is, is silly to me. And the reason why I say that is did Carlo Ancelotti set up some very defined system or tactical approach that we're embedded to? Did we buy as a result of that? I, I just don't see guys as a lawn and decore other than it being aging. Uh, Hamas is guys that can't fit in. I mean, and look, say he takes Hamas. That's okay. We'll get a fee for him and we'll find ways to replace it. I mean, I, I just, I don't feel like we're so far down. I think this is a decent time to do it. I'm not that concerned about it, frankly. And I think, and I think when we go through the squad assessment, um, I think we'll realize maybe our performance wasn't quite as good as what we thought, but, but some of these guys can still do a job and, and plugging in a couple of these holes, especially knowing we have more players with market value. Now, this is not the situation we were in in summer of 18. We're not We're we have advanced. We've moved forward. We're in much better spot. And much of that is to do with Marcel brands. So um, I'm encouraged. I'm excited. Um, I think he's going to carry the day. And I think he's going to have Mashiri's ear because at this point, what can Mosh say? Um, yeah. But if he brings in a couple of these bigger names, some of these bigger names would still be fine. Uh, I don't see anyone on this list that I think he'd really go for that I think would totally send us in the wrong direction, but stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned indeed. And definitely stay tuned for our squad assessment, working on an absolutely diesel document. It's going to be a lot. It may be a couple of sessions, man. <laughs> I think we're going to break it out into a few uh, more sections to make it a little more digestible than like the two and a half hours we dumped on everyone's heads last year, but we'll definitely uh, organize it, get it ready. Think about doing some visual stuff, thinking about a lot of different things. So stay tuned for that. I think it will uh, put things in perspective for all of you toffees out there who may be wondering how good is this team? Actually, what did Carlo get out of them that other managers hadn't, or what was, his, what were some of his shortcomings and uh, pitfalls in the squad? And we'll figure out what we need to do this summer to set us up for success in 
21, 22 campaign starting in just a couple months, Ryan. So the clock's ticking, but uh, buckle up, buckle up, Hamas. Buckle up, ever, buckle up, everyone. Silly season's here. Thank you so much for listening to the American Toffee Podcast. If you would do us a favor, leave us a rating, review, subscription on your podcast platform of choice. If you want to find all of our links to social media, our Discord server, et cetera, et cetera, it's linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod. That's linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod. Otherwise, we'll be with you next time. And as always, up the toffees. Up the toffees.